0: all
1: right we got a winner
0: oh we got a winner we got a winner and they're off and here we go it's been another week in racing it's time to recap it and who better to do it than michael new magic two bros slash pros who cover the highs and lows of racing around the globe on every one of their shows real fans look forward
1: to these guys and their last thoughts because they know they're not talking out of their royal ascot what well, they say makes sense so ladies and gents sit back and relax as blinkers off presents the magic mic show where you Did hear the, the experts speak the magic mic show two into the show every week the magic mike show you can trust the show is the bomb because it's being brought to you by racing what's up everybody i'm magic
0: and i'm mike
1: and this is the magic mike show episode 333 mr samich Woo-hoo-hoo, huzzah <laughs> i was waiting for something there how are you doing today buddy
0: oh i'm doing well man i'm doing well it's uh it's it's a nice day in minnesota which means it's like mid 30s but that means you can go outside and have some fun so that that's we'll take mid 30s any day of the week over like the the teens that we were at yesterday
1: hey mid 30s in in minnesota the towards the end of uh, december that's it's almost a heat wave i mean you got the coats (laughs) that are hung up on the back wall behind you because you don't need them to go everybody else is outside they don't need the coats because it's actually 33 degrees right now
0: it's nice man there's a lake like right in their backyard and you already have have people who like uh snowball off ice Areas So there's like ice rinks that are building up and they have like a broom hockey tournament on uh, Christmas Day over on the lake. And so it's kind of cool to see all that start to set up. It'll be perfect. You kind of want like the heat to, to melt some of the ice and then that cold rush to come in, just flatten out the surface after you're done shoveling it. So uh, yeah, so it's been good, man. It's a little different than, uh, than being in California or
1: being in North Carolina. Uh, it's a little, little different culture up here, but it's a lot of fun. Uh, Yeah, we got the in-laws flying in tomorrow evening, late tomorrow evening, and they're going to be here for a week. So that's uh, pretty exciting because it means someone, you know, more hands to help out with uh, with Colson, and they'll be here for his first Christmas. So uh, we're excited for that. It's actually been pouring buckets since uh, about uh, midnight last night. So uh, and it's going still strong at two thirty this afternoon. So uh, a lot of much-needed rain in LA, which is great. But it's like if we had we're in Minnesota, this would be like. lake effect rain coming down right now or snow i mean coming down with the amount that it's happening it's crazy out there
0: it's funny because like you need rain in la but all of the rain at once is not necessarily a good thing because that's what creates a bunch of other problems you kind of need that like spread out over a week and a half and then you're good to go
1: uh well on today's show as uh, nick and michael have been talking about in the chat here uh we're looking at uh, san anita's opening day one of my favorite racing days of the year december 26th it's opening day for horse racing fans this is might as well just be january 1st because this is the start of the new calendar year uh the malibu stakes uh, the card looks incredible 11 races at san anita three of the four in the late pick four are grade ones so that's fun and then the fourth one. We're back downhill. It's going to be a lot of fun because I know Mike and I are. We see that handicapping a little bit differently, but I'll be curious to see uh, if we line up on the same horses. But before we get into it, Mike, and I'm really excited. Uh, what's the best thing you saw this week?
0: Well, this is this is actually pretty easy. Uh, my daughter built her first snowman today, so it was uh, it was fun nice. actually going out there building the snowman, having like the the snow was really powdery when it fell a couple days ago. Uh, now it's a little little more moist, and so you're able to actually roll it up into a ball and get it going. So we we built a nice snowman uh the other one is and you know i gotta ask this no michael i'm not drunk already uh because i have a big pickleball tournament tonight so i'm pretty Ooh. excited about that as well uh i've only played pickleball twice but i did play tennis until i was a, a junior in high school so pretty good at tennis and the pickleball kind of tennis translated over to the pickleball <laughs> when i played in los angeles so i'm excited to uh whoop my uh my my wife's family at pickleball
1: that's awesome uh i love how when you're fa- whether it's your family or your wife's family when you guys get together it's always like some big tournament and it makes sense because of who you are uh and i say this lovingly but it makes total sense with who you are it's just like the rest of us we're like we go back to our families we sit around the fire and relax and samich goes home he's like okay everybody tournament now pickleball what, in the garage what, what are we
0: competing at that's all i want to know
1: <laughs> are we are we like who can stuff the most marshmallows and i got three to five on on grandpa jack <laughs> uh that's great um Best thing that I saw, uh, the Racing Dudes Fantasy League draft was on, what was that, Tuesday night? Yeah, so t- two nights ago. Uh, it was a lot of fun. Uh, if you guys watched live or you caught the replay, especially the video you saw, uh, I went a little crazy, which was a lot of fun. Uh, I was very excited about it. I'm excited for Malibu Stakes Day. I get really excited about the Fantasy League draft because I do a lot of weird shit that I don't tell anybody, anybody about, including this guy right here. Uh, so Mike's a good sport for just going along with whatever the hell happens round by round, really. You, you didn't know what was happening ever.
0: No, no, I was uh, I was in the dark, but I enjoyed it, you know, just roll with the punches and uh, let you let you dive into that heel roll, man.
1: (laughs) It was a lot of fun. Uh, Everybody kept making uh, what was it? Blackjack Fletcher or Brooklyn Cowboy references. So I feel like if I go goofy with it, if I try and play up, I haven't followed Brooklyn Cowboy in a long time. I feel like I need to follow him again really get into his persona. Maybe if I do like an exaggerated version of that, maybe that'll be the best melt for the, uh, for the fans. But we had a great uh, draft. We really got horses that we wanted in every spot, which yep. is not something we could say every year. Um, but we ended up, if you missed it, we ended up taking uh, Doppelganger, fifth overall. For, it's a Bob Baffert horse. So we're excited. Not excited that we got a Baffert, but we're excited about that horse. Um, and then in the second round, we took Epicenter, who is the favorite over Rocket Dog, who actually went in the first round uh, in the Gunrunner Stakes Sunday at Fairgrounds. So did you get a chance to look at that race? Yeah, Mike, I just took a look for the first time today. No, I haven't checked it out yet. It's, uh, he drew the rail and he's a speed horse and there really isn't that much speed in the race. And I'm like, Aaron, can we please make this worth five points if he wins it? If he wins it, just give us, we want five points to start the year off right. Cause man, I'm wow. excited about that horse.
0: You didn't insult him enough over the, during the draft. So I'm sure he's yeah, that, right? <laughs>
1: Yeah, that's what it was. I uh, yeah, didn't insult him <laughs> enough in that one. Yeah, no, he was a great sport. Um, also, I am now uh, along with Jared's dog Millie, apparently officially a winning microshare owner at parks because Lady Valentine won earlier this week, and then uh, today Provocateur broke his maiden at Tampa Bay Downs. So, um, yeah, that's exciting. I guess I've got two horses I can say have, have won at the weird tracks like that. I don't. It's nothing to get really too excited about. I guess I'm not going to really put it in a frame behind me. I don't mean you got it. You're just, you're just checking them off one by one now. Right. I mean, you got to be ahead of Aaron at this point. Oh, I'm definitely ahead of Aaron. Uh, yeah. Now in terms of wins with my actual name printed on the win photo, Aaron definitely has me beat by however many to zero. <laughs> I know he has at least one cause I've seen it.
0: <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm at zero too. All my say slam dunk on it. So you got me there too. I guess and my racehorse.
1: Well, Mike, today we're going to be looking at the uh, late pick four sequence at Sandy Park on Sunday, December 26th, opening day three grade ones, including the headline event, the Melbourne Stakes. Let's get into it, buddy. Riders up. <music> Uh-oh. Everybody's excited about Malibu Day. <laughs> Getting off the late thing four <laughs> sequence at San Diego Park on Sunday, December 26th. Race, I believe this is race eight on the card. Yes, it is. The grade one La Brea stakes. Stakes. Uh, field of seven. Three-year-old Philly. sprinting seven furlongs on the dirt here. Favoritism is on private mission. The number four horse at eight to five. If she found, sounds familiar, she's cutting back after setting an unbelievably wicked pace in the Breeders' Cup Distaff. Finished last. She went from a mile and an eighth to there. Now she's back to seven furlongs. Her winds have been from 6 furlongs to 8.5 furlongs, so theoretically the distance shouldn't be an issue. I'm taking a complete pass against her, though. Are you using her?
0: Uh, I am. I, 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 you know, this is an interesting sequence cause we got flight line that's going to come up in the third race that I think is a pretty tough horse to beat. So you gotta be, be figure out how you're building your tickets around that horse. If you are going to, going to try and single flight line. Um, for me, I, I thought this race kind of went through the Bafferts. So I started out with the the three and the four horse, the three Calypso is actually my top pick. If you look how Calypso was running before the layoff and this horse hasn't been at the track since April 30th, 2000, 2021. Um, the numbers were on par better than Private Mission. Now, we just haven't seen this horse take a step forward because we haven't seen this horse. Last time we did it was the Eight Bells at Churchill. And the horses walked off the track going seven furlongs. I think Calypso has a chance to take a big time step forward here. And what I like about Calypso is specifically that race four back at Santa Anita, June 3rd, going seven furlongs, was able to stalk and win. There is a lot of pace in this race. I think Private Mission, the four horse, and the seven horse here living my best life are going to really knock heads early and and take it to each other that's going to create some issues for both of them i think both of them had a chance holding on i think they're both pretty classy fillies here but i think it's going to set up for a horse that's going to come from off the pace to have a good, good run at them and i think calypso is the horse that's going to be sitting right behind the two of them and kind of get first shot here so i'm going to start with the three on top and the four was my other must use
1: so calypso for the issue i have there is that she doesn't have a single race where she's done well where she has not been on the lead like sole lead i know there's the one where the sandy nez she was second by a head early uh, but otherwise, she her past performances say that to me that she has to be on the lead. And like you said, I think she's at best the third fastest horse early in this race. So that's why unless she gets sent on a suicide pace here uh, to just go after the seven, I don't think she's going to do it. I also don't think Flavian Pratt's going to try and do that with Private Mission. Um, she actually, the two times that she won for Pratt, the Xenia and Torrey Pine, she actually sat off just a length. So I know that was routing, but we're going seven furlongs here. So slightly different setup here. I really think that the 7 is going to get the job done uh, gate to wire. So that's actually my top pick here is living my best life. If you think about tracks, it's like Santa Anita, Keeneland, Saratoga, big days. The dirt track really plays tight, and speed will be able to carry. This horse is exiting a two-turn mile race, so she is cutting back from that. Uh, she's got Sadler in her corner. She's got uh, Juan Hernandez still staying in there. I think that this horse, if she gets loose, if the, horse is, if the pace sets up like how I described, if she gets loose early, she could be gone
0: yeah i mean she's not getting loose early so i think you're kind of crazy there i don't see any way that this horse is, is quote unquote loose and by loose i mean a clear length ahead she's not going to cross there's going to be a horse inside of her that is at least pushing her to the two path i don't see how private mission private missions faster than her i mean just just naturally faster than her so i think that's a huge issue here for living my best life i don't see any way Pratt gives up the rail i think that's going to be the biggest problem for the seven yeah uh, i did use the seven it's my fourth horse on the ticket because i do think that there's a scenario here where the four doesn't break and the seven's able to get there something like that but I, I think that it's going to be a lot harder for the seven to clear than you're necessarily expecting just because there is a lot of speed to the inside
1: there is um the reason i was saying that seven is fastest time form early pace ratings uh Living my best life is one twenty-five. Private missions one sixteen. So in that regard, but nine anything less than ten, I think you're starting to get a little splitting hairs a little bit. But it will yep. be very interesting jockey tactic-wise between Pratt and Velasquez. What they do.
0: Well, my my third horse in is actually your other horse that you use in this spot. So I'll I'll kick it to you. Let you talk a little bit about this this last horse, and I'll I'll fill in the gaps when you miss them.
1: Canoodling. I like this horse. <laughs> um, strong name. Uh, for, strong name. First, first of all, owned by the same people who own Bye Bye Bobby and Bye Bye Jill. Um, that Aaron talked about, if you missed it on Blinkers Off, how they own the horses that are named you know, Bye, Bye Bye Bobby and Jill. So, uh, canoodling, I couldn't think of any way how that relates to the Bafferts, but it's still pretty funny. Um, shows up here first time for Mike Pipey. He's had her for a, a little bit. She got to take a spin over the track, so I like that since she's been with Pipey. He's 27% with a really strong uh, ROI. I also really like that Torino's comes in for this ride. I'm like, I mean, Torino's really hasn't had a bad ride. The one time she lost was to Boys, and it was by a half length, uh, and it was routing. So uh, I really think the reason I used her mic on top of all that, if there's a pace duel, especially between the two Bafferts or a Baffert and the seven, I think she's going to be sitting that perfect trip to just come flying right off. So um, I like everything that she's been improving. What did I miss?
0: Uh, she ran well in California as a two-year-old too. Um, and I think that's key. Is that she, she's, you know, you see a lot of this Houston Lone Star, uh, Rudoso Downs, uh, Zia on on her form, and you might say, oh well, you know, not really a California horse. This horse has been running against worse. Well, during her two-year-old campaign, she ran stakes races here in California. Uh, they were on the turf, albeit, but she still ran in stakes race here. Then did, did go six and a half on the dirt in a stakes race as well. So. Uh, she has faced this level of California-esque horses before. Um, I like the fact that she's versatile. I like horses that like to win. She's 6 for 12 lifetime. Yeah. This horse likes to win. She hasn't missed the money yet in 2021. Um, and I like the fact that we've seen some some solid improvement here. We get second off the layoff, which is a good thing. You mentioned she, she ran well over the track. First time pipey is a good thing. So there's a lot of different angles to like here. And on top of that, you're getting 8 to 1. And clearly the most likely horse to pick up the pieces here if they do fall apart.
1: One thing I'll mention too, um, if you look at her buyer speed figures have been improving and she got an 87 there, if you're worried about a bounce at all, Casual, who finished second in that race, won the Remington Park, uh, Something it was a stakes race, I can't remember which one it was, but uh, got a 92 buyer for winning that, so that horse Gosh. finished second and got a 92 buyer, so that should also help you like canoodling here, and I really think with having two Bafferts plus living my best life, I think eight to one is, I mean, I think we might get more than that, right?
0: Yeah, I think you might that might float up. I mean, we didn't even mention Missy P, who's a second choice on the morning line at five mm-hmm. to two. Neither of us are using this horse. To me, this is a, a fade horse here. If, if Missy P wins, I'm a loser. Uh,
1: yeah, that's that's the way I looked at her. She's I was really excited about her when she de- debuted and was looked you know ran like a monster um, that I'd heard about. This is a full time mischief who won the Grade One Humana Distaff, which is a seven for a long race. But I, I just I, with, with the layoff, she's coming. She had a tie back surgery, so how is she going to run off of that? I also, I was waiting to see if Mandela was going to do a three furlong blowout. And I was like, if he does a three furlong blowout, I'll put her on the ticket because she's got seven and six furlong works coming into this. And I know it's off a layoff. He's trying to get stamina. But I feel like with a horse coming off a layoff and a sprint, you want a little bit more pep in her, right? So unless I see a three furlong blowout show up in the next day or two, uh, I'm going to keep her off my ticket. Let's move on. Second leg of the late pick four sequence at San Anita Park on Sunday, December 26th. We're headed down the Hillside Turf. I'm very excited for this one. It's a non winners of one other than allowance race, attracting nine Phillies and Mares 3 and up. Favoritism is on the rail, horse with Fantail. By the way, Flavian Pratt is on the favorite in all four of these races in this sequence. Uh, Fantail missed by a nose in a six furlong sprint going on the flat turf oval uh, last time out. He keeps them out here. Will she finally get win number two and start number 14?
0: Uh, I'm I'm using Fantail here, but uh, not putting Fantail on top. I actually kind of like a price on top here. Let's go to the six Um, I don't usually like horses first time against winners. I talk about that quite a bit. The one exception is in turf sprints. I think turf sprints is a little easier to win first time out because it's just a more condensed race. And, and when you look at kaloon and what this horse has done the last couple of races, you see that nice win last time at Del Mar going five furlongs. Actually ended up dead heating. The third place finisher came back to win. The race two and three back I think are really interesting. So the race three back... Uh, Look, Espinoza, I didn't love the ride. Blinkers were on, the horse essentially rushed up, and and it was a slow first quarter, which I think really forced the horse's pace early, but then they flew in the second quarter, going 22-2 to get to a 45-3 and first half. The horse didn't really want to be that forwardly placed. If you see all the best efforts are coming from off the pace. I think the blinkers were, were a mistake. I think that second quarter actually just burnt up the horse. If you take those two races out, this horse has improved every step of the way, now we get a nice little nice little break, and now we're coming back down this hill. The horse has experience, run twice down the hill. The race, the first time down the hill, actually handled it fairly well, which I want. I like seeing the experience down the hill. This is a four-year-old, first off the layoff, late in the season, obvious improvement angle. The horse should get a nice pace to run into. I love the eight-to-one price, so I'm going to put the six Coloon on top.
1: I, uh, I love the six horse. I love everything you mentioned. I have one correction None of the horses in this field have actually run down the hill that was out of the turf shoot, So they were going flat. Um, I went through this yesterday and it tricked me like six times. Really? It has to have, it's got to have the little asterisk, and the asterisk huh. means it's down the hill. Yeah, because I was like, I had the same thought. And I, was, I went to go watch it and they were starting on flat. And I went, well, shit, there went that angle. Uh, but I, I agree with everything else that you said. Um, Also, someone else who really likes this horse, if you go to the YouTube channel, youtube.com slash racing dudes, I put up the Malibu stakes card trip notes, uh, picks and preview that I recorded yesterday with Justin Christine. Justin really likes Kalan as well. And a lot of it is because of that made an effort last time out that you talked about combined with the fact that you also do not have a very strong race here. Like for this being in this pick four sequence surrounded by three grade ones, there really isn't any talent in this, like strong talent that I see on paper here. So I think, like you mentioned, I don't like to play first up, you know, against uh, winners here in this spot. But this is not a very strong one. So uh, we agree on the six. My top pick here, so I used three. We agreed on all of them. My top pick is just to the outside a little bit. The number eight, another Eddie. Uh, this horse I'm pretty excited about. I think another Eddie's going to get a really nice mid-pack trip and get a clear run at the top of the stretch Almost, this is California bred, but she almost defeated Open Company last time out, older older uh, Open Company, I should say, and she really seems to be progressing into form in this spot. My one concern with her is that in that dirt race last time out, she jumped the dirt ch- tracks when they're coming out of the chute. She's got to go over the dirt tracks coming down the hill. I, I'm a little concerned. Is she going to jump over those dirt tracks too and maybe get a little screwy? I think it might have cost her at least second place in that last race. Did I miss anything that you liked about her?
0: No, I, I mean, that was to me one of the big things. They, they, they were flying early, 21 and 4, 44 and 1 on uh, the last two starts that this horse had. I, I think you're going to see a little more forwardly placed another Eddie today because I don't think they're going to be going as fast uh, down the hill here. Um, and I think she beats Fantail if she doesn't jump over the track there. And she was steadied early. I mean, so you have these two specific issues early in the race. I think that, that, that the eight horse is a big shot. Eight and the six are my two must uses. So I love, I love the inclusion of the eight here. And I think the eight should be a shorter price than the one because of the trouble that you had last time versus the perfect trip you had on the one fantail.
1: Uh, let's talk about uh, a horse that Dennis just brought up in the chat here. The number five horse, Glasgow Gallas is the third horse I used, and I know you use as well, 10 to one. For me, this actually kind of looks like Lone Speed. Uh, it has a time form early pace rating of 103 that's 10 points higher than the number nine horse, Christmas Surprise. Making a, a major class drop here. North American Racing debut for this Irish bred Comes on Breeders' Cup weekend in the grade 2 Golden Cove against older horses. You know who else was in that? Going Global, the favorite in the grade 1 American Oaks two races later. Um, there. One concern, 0 for 9 on the turf. Don't love that. But that was overseas. Now that she's going to get firm, firm, firm turf in Santa Anita, get the class drop. She also had two stakes wins overseas on synthetic. So the talent's there. Can she get it done on turf? I think at 10 to one with this pace setup, it's worth a shot.
0: Yeah, I agree with you. This is kind of the unknown horse, right? We really don't know how good this horse is. One thing I will say that you didn't mention, the races that were the worst overseas were the mile races. Now we're, we're here at six furlongs or six and a half after going a mile first time out um i think this is the right distance for this horse um and i think you've got a big shot here i like the fact we're also first time lasix um, because that's a logical way for a horse to improve so excited about adding lasix excited about the distance excited about the price we'll see what we get on race day but this is one of those where it's kind of like not really sure what to expect i agree with you this horse could be your early leader there may not be a ton of pace pressure the distance might hit this horse right between the eyes i think the 10 to 1 is definitely worth the use
1: uh, no hunch play on the number nine Christmas surprise the day after Christmas.
0: <laughs> no, no, I, I, I looked at this one, but like, it, it just, I don't see how the horse wins. And so when you get to that point, you just kind of have to pass on it. Did beat Kaloon a couple back. So if you want to use the horse, you can, I am going to include Fantail too on the rail. Um, I, I think Fantail could get a good trip and it's clearly good enough to beat this field. The horse doesn't love to win, which I don't like. It hasn't won yet in 2020 or 2021. I expect you're going to see the price go up a little bit on Fantail on race day, which is one of the reasons I'm including here. I'm also singling in the next another. So I'm going to use the one Fantail as well.
1: Jesus, she did. It was 2019 when she she broke her maiden on debut at 2. And then, yeah wow yeah i mean this is but here's the thing too is it's flavian pratt on the turf and i'll give you guys a little tip of the hand for the american oaks mike and i each faded flavian pratt on the favorite in a turf race i chose this race mike chose the next one but uh a little insight into how we worked things out uh the penultimate leg of the late pick four sequence at san anita on opening day december 26th race 10 is the grade one malibu stakes uh, there are seven, three-year-old sprinting seven furlongs on the dirt. Favoritism is on number five flight line. He's four to five on the morning line. So he's probably gonna be about two to five, maybe one to five. When they go off, Mike and I singled him. So we don't need to talk about this race. Let's move on to the next one. Right?
0: Yeah. I mean, it's, we should talk about it a little look Flightline looks like a monster. If flight line yes. runs back to the last couple efforts, game over. Good night, have, have fun. Um, Don't forget to tip your waitress. The horse that I think is interesting here is unfortunately the seven triple tap for Bob Baffert. I mean, this is a horse that was heavily touted, came back, ran huge Breeders' Cup weekend. Now you're gonna see second off the layoff here. Um, I think triple tap has has a shot. I think Stiletto Boy is interesting underneath. Obviously, Dr. Shivel is another one that should run big. But I want to talk about Baby Yoda, because we talk about this all the time, about paper tiger horses. Well, like, look back at the form. And there's one race that obviously stands out, that is just a complete anomaly. 114 uh, buyer rating, three back at Saratoga, going six and a half furlongs, beat Olympiad and Ducale, who both won next time out. Well, Ducale is one of those horses that we've talked about as a fade horse through the whole year. So that one's one of those that you kind of like, all right, take a step back. And the race before that, with the 93 buyer, beat Jake Rocks and Repo Rocks, which are like... Not good New York horses. So the two best numbers are completely false numbers. And somehow this horse is going to still take money. I mean, I this is one of those horses I'm excited to bet against. I kind of wish this horse showed up in a softer spot so that it would actually take money. I'm afraid Baby Yoda's not going to take any money here. But this is another one where, like, long term, I, I can't wait to bet against this horse every opportunity I get.
1: I think you'll get enough, quote-unquote, wise guy, sharp guy money on this horse uh, to make him close to six to one because enough of that money made him the three to five favorite in the steel Valley sprint stakes last time out. And you can, if you liked him in that race, you can rightfully point to that and say, look, he had absolutely horrible traffic trouble in the stretch. He had no shot. So if I liked him, then I should like him here at six to one. That's not Mike. And I, I agree with Mike on the, uh, and the speed figures there um if any horse beats them i hope that it's the two timeless bounty because i want it to be a michigan bred colt who wins the grade one malibu stakes in california and we finally restart thoroughbred racing in michigan again
0: yeah but that's a completely again anomaly red number no last time out like there's it's one of those where you're like the horse jumped 13 buyer points with never ever showing anything near good enough I think Stiletto Boy, honestly, is the interesting one at a big price. I mean, you're getting 12 to 1, horses coming out of the Breeders' Cup Classic and the Awesome Again, mile and eighth to mile and quarter races. We're cutting back big time here. Um, so the question really is all about the distance. But if if you see them absolutely burn early, and you could with Dr. Shival and Flightline, who both want to be out there fast, triple tap's got some speed, probably not enough to keep up with those two. But if Dr. Shivel and Flightline hook up, it, it sets up for a horse like Stiletto Boy coming off the pace.
1: I will be extremely surprised if anybody goes with Flightline early. I think that he's too fast. Dr. Schivel, by the way, if you remember, he won the Senior Sprint Championship on the league because his rain broke and Pratt was just like, just fucking go go with it. Um, A big reason for me for Flightline, honestly, uh, I was trying to find a reason to go against him because he's such a short price. And I was like, look, Pratt had his choice of the top three choices in a grade one race, and he went with this one. What more do I need to know? He could have easily picked the other two, and he said, nope, I'm going with Flightline. All right, he's going with Flightline, I'm going with Flightline
0: yeah i mean look this is in california right if this were in kentucky maybe you could talk me off this horse right because sadler can't ship we're still pushing that narrative um yeah. but yeah here in california i don't i don't see how you'd be a flight line
1: well mike figures out what's banging in the background we'll move on to the final leg of the late pick four sequences <laughs> and on sunday December 26 race 11 it's their final grade one event of the year in north america the american oaks mile and a quarter on the turf for three-year-old phillies Really nice field in here, Mike, Uh, as far as betting options go. uh, There's 10 of them in here. The number 10, Eddie's New Dream, is going to scratch, so there's going to be just a field of 10. You've got Chad Brown in here. Uh, Michael McCarthy, one, two, three, four horses in this race, and your favorite is number five, Going Global, who's done virtually nothing wrong. She won the Golda Kova. I talked about that two races ago. Um, I I feel like you have to use Going Global, and yet, Mike, you are not. Tell me why. Well...
0: I just don't think clone global is that good. I mean the horse hasn't done anything wrong, you're right, but really there's just one effort that's specifically the Goldakova, that this this horse has a like buyer that, that towers over the field. I'm a little concerned that we don't want to go a mile and a quarter. The mile and an eighth races were some of the weaker races in my mind. So I'm, I'm going to hope that the extra distance isn't actually a benefit here for going global. And it does benefit some others. I also think nine to five is a ridiculous price in a competitive race. I mean, I just like flight line at four to five is a low price. But that horse probably has a 60 to 65% chance of winning. So four to five, not that ridiculous. Yeah. When you look at this race and you look at going global, this horse doesn't win 33% of the time. This horse wins maybe 15 to 20% of the time. And that nine to five price to me is just way too low. So I'm going to I'm gonna go five deep here, not use going global, try and find a price in the last leg.
1: Uh, I chickened out. I hit the L button. I told Mike before we got started. Originally, I was just three deep going five, six, seven. And then I realized that I didn't have any closers and it's a mile and a quarter. And almost none of these horses have gone a mile and a quarter. And I'm like, I can't, it's got to be a closer. And I kept looking and looking and looking. And I'm like, I, I don't find a closer I particularly like. And then I looked at my ticket structure and I was like, screw it. We're going to go all in. It's still a pretty affordable ticket for me. Even if flight line wins and I cash this and going global wins, uh, this should be pretty good. So um, I do like a, a horse that you have on top though. So tell me about it.
0: Yeah. I mean, I use nicest on top here. Um, and, and this is a horse who I thought took a nice step forward from the the QE2 uh, into the red carpet handicap. And I, I liked about that, that last effort. The horse wasn't quite able to get the job done. Stalked close to the lead, got out kicked late, but I feel like you're going to see kind of a similar trip where this horse has some tactical speed should be forwardly placed. should get a very good trip here. We're getting third off the layoff second, in the Mike McCarthy barn, all reasons. I think you can take a step forward here. Um, I, I like the fact that this horse is just faced a little bit tougher. And so I, I feel like getting into this race, you're going to see a nice effort here from nicest who faced older last time. Uh, and we're just facing three-year-olds today. So I put the four on top. And then to me, the other one that was really interesting is the seven, uh, Burgo Alley. You mentioned how you were looking for a closer. You wanted the speed. I don't see, this is like a New York style pace race for a mile and a quarter. Yeah. And Burgo Alley is the only horse that really wants the lead. Um, the distance is a little bit of a concern. Uh, you know, the, the time form, or I'm sorry, the, the, uh, the, the rating on the on the distance is a 268, which is pretty low when you're talking about that. But the fact that this horse should be loose on the lead to me kind of makes up for that. A lot of times horses just get brave up there. And this horse likes to battle. And last, uh, at seven starts in 2021, we got three wins, two places, one third. The horse is always in there and fighting. So I'm going to use the seven uh, Burgo Alley as a kind of wire to wire threat here. I like the fact that Raspoli stays
1: aboard as well. This is the horse that I thought, sorry, I thought you had on top. I like nicest as well, but uh, Burku Alley, I really like. Um, I I looked at the Tomlinson rating for which you mentioned it was pretty low, two sixty eight. I really look at the breeding and I don't get it because you've got a, a son of Giants Causeway as the sire here, so you would think that there's some distance pedigree there. And then De Lamy was a champion uh, turf sire back in the late '90s overseas in uh, in France, and he was very good at distance as well. So I wouldn't necessarily look at this, but in, also to your point, this has got a New York pace style set up. Yeah, I think this could be lone pace, and when that happens. Sometimes a horse that might be good at a mile, mile and eighth tops, you give him a really nice breather on the backstretch, which Umberto we'll Reisble will know how to do. This horse could stretch out to a mile and a quarter pretty easily. If you let that horse get an easy break on the backstretch, she should be able to hold on because Reisble is going to know how to handle it. Uh, who is the next horse up for you?
0: For me, I went to the one fluffy socks. Um, this is the one horse that Chad Brown shipped in here, and I, you know, when you have these these East Coast horses that come West, that's something I always look for. Um, it's run over the Belmont track before, two back specifically in the Del Mar Oaks, was closing. Didn't really have as big of a kick as you were hoping, but I like the fact that this horse has improved the last six starts now. I um, Don't love the fact that we're trading Rosario for Smith, but kind of have to swallow that. I think this is probably your best closer. Has <laughs> faced the toughest three-year-olds out on the East Coast, and now we're getting a little bit of a class relief here coming back to the West Coast. I'm hoping we get a little bit better trip than we did uh, on August 21st so We we'll be able to get the job done here.
1: Um I like fluffy socks. It's Chad Brown shipping to California. I was a little concerned about fluffy socks. It didn't use initially because uh, Chad Brown coming over here for grade one, you would think when you've got Velasquez in town, you've got Ortiz in town, you've got Pratt in town, None of them ride. You go to Mike. You have to go to Mike Smith because the guys go elsewhere. I felt like that was a little bit of a well, who else is left? Um, there is also you can keep in mind Flaven, Pratt and Mike Smith share the same agent, so maybe they try getting Pratt. The agent said no, but I've got Mike Smith available for you. So I think a lot of it depends on your opinion of Mike Smith. Uh, in the race and, and his ability to handle this one. Um, I want to go back to in the chat here. High risk was saying toss nicest because American Pharaoh's progeny on turf suck. They actually don't. They're above average. Their win rate on turf is above average. Um, so I wouldn't say he's, that they suck.
0: He's 13% on turf. He's 14% overall. He's 20% on synthetic. So turf and, and dirt are about the same. Synth is actually his best surface, which is surprising.
1: Only 45 starters. That's why. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah. but it's still still 20 is pretty darn good but i do like the bowie you mentioned the Bowie with ortiz i love me some the on on if i'm not going to use the horse but i, I do agree the mm-hmm. bowie's pretty darn good
1: yeah that's great uh whoops boy the chat is just flying in aaron wanted to know where tis magician is he's on the farm he's taking a break hopefully he's in from the rain right now but uh yeah that boy that boy ran his butt off uh who else do we have to talk about here mike
0: let's go to the nine horse queen goddess um yeah. this is one that i almost put on top look the, the one bad race and it's not even that bad of an effort was forty-one to one against Grade One company out on the East Coast, um, and finishes ninth, fifth, ninth, mid-pack essentially, nine off the lead. Runs an eighty-three buyer, but that was shipping across the country, running a Keenland, getting a yielding turf. There's a bunch of things that just kind of went wrong there. So I don't see that as big of an issue. Comes back to Delmar, runs big the next time out, improves the buyer, faces older. Now we're facing uh, three-year-olds again. Michael McCarthy has improved this horse almost every single start. You know, you get Hernandez back on this horse the fifth time riding it. The only time wasn't in the QE2. I think Queen Goddess at 8-1 is an, is an overlay here. I think this horse is a shot at running a really big race. Again, tactical speed with some kick. That's what I'm looking for. mile and a quarter should be absolutely no problem for the Empire Maker out of a lemon drop kid there.
1: Well, also, like, the horse that beat her, Shantasara that day. I mean, forget the fact that Queen Goddess probably, I'm looking at her form, and I'm going to blame that on the Yielding Turf as much as anything um, for her poor performance. But Shantasara is a Chad Brown horse that Flavian Pratt has ridden to back-to-back wins that include the Jockey Club Oaks at QE2, also won the Pucker Up Stakes, uh, this is an extremely talented three-year-old filly. If, if she comes back at four, that's going to be one of your top older filly mares in, uh, in the turf division. So that's a damn good horse who beat her. You don't have a horse of that level in here. I love going global. I really do. Uh, really great horse in California. You uh, can't hold a candle to Shandasara. So uh, definitely with you on that one.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's—I can't believe—and we didn't mention this yet. Michael McCarthy has four in here. How often do you see Michael McCarthy with four in a Grade One race? I mean, it's—I didn't know crazy. he had
1: four Grade One turf horses that were <laughs> three-year-old fillies. It's such a specific thing, like Damato or Baltus. You'd be like, "Yeah, sure, of course." Uh, McCarthy, okay.
0: Oh, it's good to see him getting some more horses, though. He's like—we've both talked about him quite a bit on the show. Love him as a trainer. Glad to see that mm-hmm. the barn is growing. I think he's someone that you really got to respect. Um, last horse in for me here. I'm going to use the three horse closing remarks. Um, this is the carla gaines horse carla Gaines first off the layoff is probably my biggest concern about this horse another one that was in the qe2 ended up running six just behind the nine horse the horse's effort at a mile and eighth was really solid last time out missed to going global but if you watch that it was kind of a weird trip um it was forwardly placed got shuffled back a little bit made a move didn't quite have the kick to be able to get there if you go back to a mile and eighth at san anito over this track track just missed by a neck to going global on that day um I feel like closing remarks is good enough to get the job done here. Again, it's a horse that has tactical speed, should be sitting up front in a race without a ton of pace, should get a pretty good trip. Bravo's been killing it here um, in California, so I I don't mind using him on the turf at all. And again, I just want to get around going global. Look, if this is one of those situations where five flight line wins and going global wins and you've got one of the Bafferts winning the first race, this thing isn't going to pay anything. So I feel like you got to try and fade somewhere. To me, this is the worst price of the horses that you're looking to fade, so I'm going to try and get around going global.
1: Uh, I really do. I like closing remarks a lot in this spot. I, Carla Gaines never ships horses outside of California, especially not California breds, unless they're really damn good. And that's what she did. And when she shipped this horse to the Keeneland, that caught my attention. I was like, shit, this has got to be like a very strong horse. She got that really nice second at Del Oh, So Carla must have thought that wasn't a fluke. Um, and you talked about Joe Bravo. When he's on the turf, to me, that's a plus. Uh I love Reese Bully. To me, this is like a lateral move. Reese Bully, brilliant on turf. Uh Joe Bravo just as great. So I agree with you on that one. So yeah, you're going five deep here. You're going one, three, four, seven, nine. Is there anyone because you're not using going global, is there anyone else that you didn't use that maybe scares you a little bit that you're worried about leaving off?
0: Um, I mean there's four Michael McCarthy's. I'm using two. That seems like it's a really dangerous, uh dangerous way to play this race. I mean the six horse I I know you like in, in uh what is it, Charles dropped. Um or charges dropped the uh the 11 horse has been mentioned multiple times in the chat single soul interesting horse here first time uh out of the michael mccarthy barn was in the motion barn back in new york horse ran pretty well in new york would need to improve to get it done missed nicest last time um but was ranked in that race so you could kind of have an excuse i think it's interesting you get jose ortiz if you look back actually broke its maiden at belmont going a mile and a quarter with jose ortiz which is today's distance um I I could make a pretty good argument for the 11 single soul if I wanted to. I kind of went back and forth between the three and 11 as the last horse on my ticket here.
1: Uh, one of the reasons I was like, I feel comfortable hitting the all button is because there's four M- Mike McCarthys. I could make a legit case. I feel like for all four of them, my life charges dropped at 20 to 1 because I think Ken DeSormo's is riding as good as anybody in California on the turf course. Uh, and the horse is improving. At Single Soul, you brought up all the points to like about that. And then we've covered the other one. So, uh, yeah, it's going to be an interesting race here. And then we even talked didn't talk about Core Values, who is uh, the last two races that the horse was on actual fat, uh, firm turf, won both of them. Um, but it's shipping to California for Vicky Oliver, so plenty of options in here. And let's just fingers crossed, this could get chalky. Please, God, don't let Flavian Pratt win all four races. I love you, <laughs> but if you win all four races, it's gonna pay like eight dollars.
0: Yeah, just play a five dollar Flavian Pratt pick for it, see what happens. The, the see, Jose Ortiz pick, uh, pick three at Remington would have worked out well for you, so
1: that's true. Uh, hand to God, I originally had uh, when I I I uh, spread this all out, I was gonna do with this ticket for $30 and then do a $10 all Pratt ticket. that's just at the favorite with Pratt in all four legs for $10.
0: <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's a terrible idea, but you could do it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I didn't, you know what? I, I, I thought about that. And I was like, you know what? I'll get my wife a second Christmas gift instead. I'm going to take that $10 and we're going to go and do that instead.
0: Man. Second Christmas gift for 10 bucks. You, you and your wife are doing it right, man. That's definitely not the budget for a second Christmas gift. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's going to be for this episode of the Major Mike Show. Thanks for joining Mike and I to go through the opening day December 26th Malibu Stakes, late pick 4 at Sanita Park. If you're watching us live or on replay, thanks for joining us. Take a look below. We got our tickets flashed up there. We'll go through them one last time. For the podcast listeners, I will start off going uh, one seven with five six eight, singling the five and hitting the all, which is 10 horses for $30. Mike, your ticket, please.
0: Play a 50 cent ticket. I'm going to go one three four seven with one five six eight with five with one three four seven nine. It'll cost you 40 bucks for 50 cents.
1: Uh, If you are wanting to play the Malibu Stakes card in depth uh, over at racenews.com, the Malibu Stakes wagering guide inside track is available. So you can check that out now. Uh, If you're a monthly subscriber to be able to download, it's in your account. You can purchase it on its own. But honestly, if you're looking to purchase that, I would start with a 30-day subscription because Kentucky Derby trail season is starting to heat up and we're going to be doing multiple guides a month, I believe, uh, if not in January, then very soon. So that's definitely where the value comes in because you get every guide included with that along with every pick, every track around the country, Uh, Mike, it. It is our last show before the holidays. So uh, we've got some football. Don't if you want to talk about football, you want to talk about holidays. If you want to get out of here early because I know that you're at the in-laws, uh, what would you like to do?
0: Uh, I, let's talk about the game tonight real quick, the NFL sure. game. So I think it's actually a really good one. We get uh, San, Diego, or, uh, San Francisco against Tennessee. San Francisco's giving three on the road. I kind of love me some San Francisco here. Like Tennessee has been one of those teams I've been looking forward to bet against. San Francisco should be able to run the ball down Tennessee's throat. I'm not sure how Tennessee is able to move the ball here. So for me – I think San Francisco is one of those live favorites. I'm going to be playing them in quite a few uh, two- and three-team parlays to kind of kick off the weekend. Uh,
1: Did you get a chance to look at – going back to horse racing. Sorry, Aaron brought it up in the chat. The San Antonio Stakes race six. uh, It's the Older Mill race. You've got uh, Extra Hope, Express Train, Go On, Hot Rod Charlie, Eight Rings, Kiss Today Goodbye, and Azula Coast. Hot Rod Charlie taking the blinkers off. He had them on in the Breeders' Cup Classic. I don't think that's why he lost the Breeders' Cup Classic. He was facing the go. Um but Aaron wants to know, does he have a chance? He's a six to five favorite, so <laughs> yes.
0: I would expect that I mean that's the right field finally for Howard Charlie, right? Like that's the thing. It's finally the right field for him. We talked about how you know he's he's faced really good horses and lost them, ran well, but lost them every single time. He's finally facing the right f- field here. Uh so you know, I, I think he should be able to to handle
1: that that group uh you know what let's just have some fun here to end things uh what i got a burning question for you what are your must watch holiday movies and tv specials mr samich
0: uh, uh it's oh i can't think of the name of it right now um oh god they're killing me oh it's the christmas mm-hmm, one mm-hmm, with, mm-hmm, with uh Clark rithwald mm-hmm, i can't remember the, the freaking name of it national booth mm-hmm. christmas is that right i think that's oh, right. oh
1: there's one more word christmas I don't know, special holiday. That's how it goes with Christmas. Mm-hmm. I don't know.
0: Anyway, that vacation. movie. Christmas no, vacation. There, there you go. National Olympics Christmas. It's, it is hilarious. Like every, every, I, I just, it just cracks me up. And my dad watching it, it's even funnier because he can't help laughing It especially when they sing the national anthem. He just loses his shit. And that always to me is entertaining. Um, look, man, I'm also a big fan of the animated Grinch. I think that's a really good movie. Although they were just kind of really? dick to the Grinch the whole time. And so, like, I'm not surprised he turned out the way he turned out because you're just mean to him. You got to be nice to the guy. Maybe maybe things would turn around for you. So uh, those are kind of the two classics for me. Um, I think, you know, Die Hard is, is one of those where everyone jokes about it being a Christmas movie. Yeah, you, it's obviously a Christmas, It's set of Christmas, so go for it. Why not, right? But, like, it's not one of those you have to watch every holiday season. So, yeah, for me, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation and uh, The Grinch animated the original one are or the two that I would I'd roll with.
1: So Chris, uh, Grinch, if you watch watched um, Dudes Who Bet Sports, you know this, but I asked Aaron a few weeks ago on the show, The Grinch, the animated one, the old one with Burl Ives narrating, that's Aaron's favorite Christmas movie. Um, my favorite Christmas movie is, by knew way, New Year's was Christmas Vacation. <laughs> Um, I watched it twice before December 1st. I love that movie so much. It's so funny. Um, uh, for me, it's, it's, it's A Wonderful Life. That's my favorite Christmas movie. Uh, I could watch that any time. It's one of my favorite movies, period. Um, I think that one's great. How about this? What is, is there a Christmas movie or, or something Christmas media related that you love that other people really hate? Because I have one that's Christmas with the Cranks that I think is hilarious, and it's got like a 4.2 on IMDb.
0: I mean, to be honest, I'm not that festive of a person. Like, I don't listen to Christmas music. I'm not really like oh all in on these movies and these specials and all that kind of thing. Like someone mentioned the Mariah Carey thing in there, like whatever. I thought the Snoop Dogg Christmas album was a little interesting because at least kind of flipped things on its head. Um, yeah, Snoop Dogg and Anna Kendrick, I think, had a Christmas album. Um,
1: Whoa, that just got even better. Okay. Yeah,
0: so they, they have a song at least. It's in Pitch Perfect 2, I think. So, <laughs> um, but yeah, it's it, there are certain interesting parts of like about Christmas, but to me. Like I, I don't really love the movie, the, the musical genre. I'm not huge into Christmas carols. Like I, I think it's kind of crazy how everyone puts these things out. Like someone mentioned Mariah Carey in the chat. I think Rob Thomas put one out this year. It's kind <laughs> of crazy. Rob Thomas, hard. yeah, the Matchbox Twenty kinda, guy. It, yeah, the Matchbox Twenty guy. He had a Christmas album. It's kind of crazy how like all of this, like this, just, it's just like a genre that people are trying to take advantage of. But anyway, yeah, to me, it's like yeah, I'm good. And you hear this shit all the time. That's the other thing. It's just jammed down your throat. As soon as Thanksgiving happens, it's just kind of shoved down your throat. I will say this. I do like the giant Christmas trees that get lit up. So maybe that's my favorite thing that, like, is thrown in your face that some people may not love. I I like that you go to these malls and you see these massive trees that are all lit up and kind of cool. So I'll I'll go with that.
1: Speaking of that, I know yesterday morning you were texting me lamenting that you couldn't find a spare TV to watch Hawkeye. Did you finish Hawkeye?
0: I did finish Hawkeye, yeah.
1: Okay, it's a Christmas show, so this counts. What did you think of Hawkeye?
0: I thought Hawkeye was incredible. I am, I I, 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 um, and I like people were, were bitching about them not sticking the landing. I thought they did a great job sticking the landing. Um, I, I think it's, you know, I'm not going to spoil it for anyone who hasn't watched it. I think one decision was I would have, I, I wish someone got away versus something happening to them because I think that, I mean, I they assume they still
1: got away. They're not dead, but I, I think
0: that I would rather that just did not happen because I think that would have, I think that storyline was ended just fine anyway. Um, I got to tell you this though, I love the freaking sword dude the husband yes! the fat guy, he, he was probably my favorite character out of there and I'm excited to see Yelena and Kate and more stuff together because I thought they had an exceptional chemistry uh the whole show and I just I like I liked the sarcasm that Kate had during the kind of the fights as well so for me I, I thought it stuck the landing I thought it was great I really enjoyed the whole season um I would definitely go I it's Loki and then a close second to Hawkeye then a ways down I think you get WandaVision who is a close with a close fourth to uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier, and then it weighs down to What If for me.
1: Well, you didn't like What If. Listen, I, it, what If What If was very peaks and valleys for me. This, I, I really liked, the, like, I love the Doctor Strange stuff, but there were some things in What If that were pretty. Yeah, you had a bad. lot of episodes
0: that just ended, and you're like, what the hell. <laughs> like Why did this just end, you know? And so it, it just it's kind of frustrating. I will say it's interesting. Well, you haven't seen Spider-Man yet, so we can't talk about it. I, I, I don't want to, because we're still, still too close to the release date for people. I got to see it. Um, I, I I went in with too high of expectations, which I think happens sometimes, where you walk into a movie and you just think, like, because of everything you read, you think it's the best thing ever. I liked it, didn't love it. I bet the second time I watch it, I will like it even more.
1: I know Jason was talking about something else when he said that, but I'm going to call you a grinch for not thinking that the Spider-Man movie was the greatest thing ever. I haven't even seen it yet. <laughs>
0: it's good, but, you know, I, I, I also went through really... expecting it to be the greatest thing ever, which is often a problem.
1: You, okay, nothing's going to be endgame. Assume that nothing will beat Infinity War and endgame and just aim for third place. That's that's how I go into it. Yeah, um, yeah, no, no.
0: yeah, yeah. Infinity War wasn't, sp- like, it wouldn't be in my top five Marvel movies. Ooh.
1: Okay, interesting. My, Celeste and I actually did this after we uh, were caught up through Shang-Chi. We haven't seen Eternals or obviously Spider-Man, but we each did our, like, ranked every single one of them. Um, we both have Endgame, Infinity War, and then everything else after that. For us, it's just it's those two and then everything else.
0: I, the problem I had with Infinity War is the ending is complete BS. You knew everyone was going to come back to life, so, like, what's the point of even doing it? Like, I get you had to do this, the whole thing, and it, it set up really interesting for the entire Phase 4 and all that yeah. jazz, but, like... It's kind of like Titanic. The boat was sinking. We all knew the boat was going to sink. Like, so, like for me, you kind of knew the end of the movie. It was just how it happened.
1: And so I, I just I couldn't get behind it. Okay, but on that notion, you'd hate Miracle because you know that they beat the Russians. Like, It's like, oh, where's the suspense? They're going to beat the Russians. I know how it goes.
0: <laughs> yeah, but the sports movies, you already already always know what's going to happen anyway. Like, you go into Hoosiers, they're not losing. Right? Like how many how many teams lose the final game in any of these sports movies? So, every sports movie kind of gets a pass on that front. It's how
1: well you tell the story up until that point. Did you know that the uh, Dodgeball, the uh, that they shot two endings to it, the original movie Dodgeball?
0: No, I didn't know that they shot two endings. So,
1: okay, so there's you've seen Dodgeball, right? So there's the end where like the 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 whole big thing is that Vince Vaughn puts on, like, the bandana to block his eyes, and, and Ben Stiller whips the ball at him. He catches it, whips Wait, it back. Do we need a spoiler and, alert for this? And they, sorry, for, a, for an 18-year-old movie. For, spoiler <laughs> alert. Sorry. Uh, so he whips it back, and, like, that's how they win, right? So there was – the rumor is is that it was the original one. The original ending is that he literally whips the ball at him. It hits Vince Vaughn, and they lose. And, the game, and, and then literally, like the crowd just empties out, and they all cheer for the um, glo- global gym or whatever they're called, yeah. and then the credits roll over the top, and it just pans out as they're celebrating, and that's the end of the movie. And they thought it, the rumor is they thought it was a really funny way to just go, bah, and take it out <laughs> of the movie, and audiences hated it, so they did the other version instead.
0: It's the thing. It's a people. People like the underdog to win at the end. They just do, and so in every one of those sports movies, you kind of see it. I, I like because you said Miracle. I enjoyed Miracle. What's the the Alaskan hockey movie that was great too? When the NHL team goes up there. Uh, oh, I can't remember the name of it. Aaron probably knows. He's sitting in the chat. But there's a movie about. I think it's the Rangers playing in Alaska against a bunch of pond ice players. And they... oh,
1: Mystery Alaska! Yeah. Oh my God, I forgot about movie. that movie.
0: Wonderful movie. You knew who was gonna win. Oh. Wonderful movie, right? It's like, look, the, the sports. You don't have to have that same thing. If it's a suspense movie, if it's like trying to like surprise you, you you can't you can't know the ending. It just doesn't work.
1: Uh, that's um oh god that's funny it's the um, it was written by or it was directed by Jay Roach who did all the Austin Powers movies <laughs> that he did Which mystery of like, the, yeah. like, a, like a sports dramedy <laughs> and the Austin yeah. Powers guy did it <laughs> <laughs> Uh mm-hmm. great. Uh for I also really love the South Park Christmas specials. Like uh I'll usually like Christmas Eve I'll fall asleep. Mr. Just I have them queued up
0: in the Christmas poo. He loves me. He loves me, and me and I, I love, love you. you. Yeah. <laughs> I'm with you man. Uh, I'm with you. what
1: Woodland Critter Christmas? Because right. like well, Well, having somebody watch Woodland Critter Christmas for the first time is great, because when it takes the turn where it's like, yay, we defeated the evil mountain lion, and all the baby cubs come out, and they're like, mama, and you're like, (laughs) oh, and it just takes that whole Oh, God, sorry, spoiler alert for a uh, 22-year-old comedy show
0: one of my favorite South Park moments is the, like the first year it came out we're sitting around on uh, New Year's Eve and they have a South Park marathon and it's like my my dad's family which is like a conservative upstate New York with my grandmother and grandfather who are like in their early 80s watching this and it's like Mr. Hanky the Christmas Pooh and all this stuff and like it was absolutely exceptional just to see the reactions of everybody because half the room is just laughing hysterically the other half is just like what the hell is going on? And like, there's, there's you know, what the hell is going on. Is also like super awkward about this. Cause they're watching this with their kids and with their like family members and everything. It was, it was a blast, man. Mr. Hanky, the Christmas poo.
1: Red sleigh down when they reenact black Hawk down, but it's Santa's yes, Mr.
0: sleigh. He is the shit. That is correct. Not a, like it. In multiple ways.
1: <laughs> uh, Aaron says, Christmas Eve, there is only one thing to watch that is the Hawaii Bowl. Listen, the the only people who are awake <laughs> late enough at night are the people on the West Coast to watch that. I don't know what Aaron's talking about. He's in New York. Uh, listen, this has been a great show. Thank you everybody for, uh, for following along. We'll be back after, well, for me, it's the new year. What after December 26th, that's the new year in horse racing. So we'll be back for the new year. Um, thank you guys so much for joining us. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter. I am at Curtis Calvert. He is at some them, 18, number one, number eight corporate overlords at racing underscore dudes. Mr. Sandwich before we go, any final words for the people?
0: No, yeah, it was a, uh, it was a blast. Great year. Looking forward to do it again next year. Look, can't wait to get to where we get it. We're going to hit the 500 by the end of next year.
1: Three thirty. Oh God! You're gonna make me do math again. 52, no, we're not.
0: Two a week. One oh four. Three three thirty. It'll be 435 episodes.
1: Thirty.
0: Assuming 70. you don't do like a twenty part Dubai episode again.
1: <laughs> don't tempt me on that one. Merry Christmas, <laughs> happy holidays, everybody. Thank you so much. Uh, we'll be back. uh are, are you actually? Are you able to do Monday, the twenty seventh? Yeah,
0: probably. We're flying I do not know if you were traveling way. or not. So we are. We'll we'll figure it out. I'm not sure when the flights are.
1: Somebody will be here on Monday for the Magic Mike Show 3:34 uh, to recap everything between uh, Sandy and Fairgrounds. Until then, I'm Magic
0: and I'm Mike.
1: We'll get out of here with a special tribute to Mr. Summage. Don't drop that. <laughs>
0: The Magic Mike Show. When you hear the experts speak. The Magic Mike Show. Tune into the
1: show every week. The Magic Mike Show. You can trust the show is the bomb because it's being brought to you by RacingDudes.com.
0: Death, taxes, and Magic Mike on Monday.